When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's switch gears to college football. ESPN college football analyst Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. As Jake Mangum tells us, go local, go with the home team. Uh, Lugs, who will, we were debating this last week. We had some fun with it and our listeners liked it. Um, Who is going to be the next coach in college football to win a national championship that doesn't have one? And so we were going through um, DeBoer and Ryan Day and Nor. I'm not going to list them all, but Norvell, Brian Kelly, and, you know, the list goes on and on here. Um, is there a coach that you look at what they're doing and maybe where he's been and he's learning and he's getting the chops going? You know, who would you pick as the next guy to win, win it all, that hasn't won it? It might be Steve Sarkeesian if you consider what the program has become under his leadership in a short period of time and the resources at his disposal, the expansion of the college football playoff and the timing of that, he would probably be at the top of my list. Because when you ask me that question, I don't think it's an answer that's only exclusive to the coach, right? It's got to be exclusive to lots of things and other factors that give you a chance. I would also say probably Brian Kelly is up there just because he has won so many football games. And, you know, to me, that's, that's a, a, a telltale sign of a guy that has won a national championship, has played and coached in big games. They have the resources financially to do it. Um, but I also think this is so interesting, this question you asked, because because of the NIL and the transfer portal, the answer to this question is so much more convoluted because there's other factors at play that didn't used to be a part of the equation, right? Like, let's just say seven, seven years ago, the answer to this question would be like, okay, who's the best coach at the school with the most resources? And that's kind of it right there, there, there sure. were other areas that came into play well now now there are and how do you navigate those areas like so for, for example i could easily say mike norvell with an answer to that question because of how we've seen him navigate the transfer portal which enabled them to flip that roster so quickly that he all of a sudden has a variable that wasn't available five, six, seven years ago. I mean, take a look at Florida State this past, these past two years. Look at every single player that has been an impact marquee player that has transformed that program under his leadership. Almost everyone to a man is a transfer portal guy. Right. Trey Benson, all right, Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, Jaheen Bell, Keon Coleman, Jared Burst. Braden Fisk, I could go on and on and on. And all of a sudden, they're 13 and up. So to me, like, 
this is a long-winded answer to your question, but I don't think it's as simple because there are factors at play that didn't used to exist. Okay. Tom Lugan, Bill on the Out of Bounds show. Um, I agree with the factors that you're referencing. And then we got the new format, which then kind of flips back. Like, I agree. Florida State, maybe Ole Miss, maybe uh, maybe another team or two can do this. Although Florida State recruits better, but but Ole Miss is, you know, they're around 20. But then where do you rank them with their transfer portal hall? So I agree with that. So there's a new way and a new path. However, then I flip it back. The expanded playoff still plays in favor of the teams with more dudes, right? Georgia, LSU, Ohio State. So I think it's going to be fascinating. Like, can Norvell and Lane find a path? Obviously, Norvell has an easier path because of the ACC. But but can they find a path and actually, if they don't get a bye, after the wear and tear of the season, can you win a playoff game, then win another playoff game, then win another playoff game and possibly be facing a blue blood of Georgia or Ohio State, Luke's, who got that bid. And on paper, they have more four- and five-star players and a little more depth. Yeah, you're going to run out of gas. And I've been saying that from day one. This is, this is going to take a, a healthy, deep, talented roster with a combination of luck, health, and those are going to be the guys that are standing. I mean, if you look at it, like when, when people, I look at it just from a recruiting perspective, okay? And we've, we've done the numbers on this. And people, you know, we can debate, you know, rankings and, and class rankings each and every year. And, and listen, there's paper champions in every sport, right? But I will say this. Of the last five teams to win the national championship or the two teams who have played in the national championship game, all right, in the last five years, all of them had an average of a top 10 recruiting class ranking over the span of that time. Nobody played for it and nobody won it that wasn't inside the top 10. So there is validity to how well you recruit amongst your top tier peers, one through 10, because ultimately those are going to be the other rosters that are going to be there standing in the end. Um, you know, and then you add in the conference championship game, Tom. So yeah. it, it's, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. Like Ole Miss has a great schedule this year. Could they go 11 and one? Maybe they, they do have to play at LSU and Georgia at home. Um, but I mean, this could factor into Georgia, Bam LSU, and then other, other conferences, Clemson, Florida state, Ohio state, so on. Um, but if you play 12 and you play the conference championship game, and you don't get a bye, then you play on December 20th, which is a quick turnaround after getting beat up all year. If you do get a bye, you get one more week. But you would think that the majority of the time, it's going to be back where we started. The Georgia's, Ohio State's type programs are going to be the ones with the buys, right? Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like we're having this conversation, and I say this to people all the time. I was like, you better start doing the math, man, because, like, this, this isn't closing the gap of competition. This isn't making it – this isn't creating more parity. At the end of the day, we might be allowing more access, but the path to get there for teams that aren't sustainable when it comes to depth and talent is going to be down near impossible to navigate. So, yeah, to your point, are we going to have more games? Are we all going to love that? Absolutely. Could somebody get hot early and knock somebody off? Of course that's, that's going right. to happen. 
Right. But at the end of the day, like you said, you're going to have to play, then you're going to have to play again, then you're going to have to play again, only to have the right to potentially play for a national championship. And how do you, like, go talk to FCS coaches. And I do those FCS playoff games, mm -hmm. and those teams start to, you start to work through the, what they have to navigate on a weekend and week out basis and how long that season is. That's the reason why after the semifinals at the FCS level, which is a week before signing day, they don't play their championship game until the end of the first week in January. <laughs> they need a break. Right. And they only got 63 scholarship players instead of 85. Yikes. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay.